Hey guys, welcome to another weekly Bible study with me, PJ. Another Persevering the Saints Bible study. As we seek to better understand some of the most basic and fundamental doctrines found in the Scriptures. So that we saints may persevere in our understanding and knowledge of God. And even so, the redeemed may better understand what us Christians actually believe. And if all possible, through the proclamation of the gospel, that they may come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So then, saints, I'm going to ask you, please hit like, hit subscribe if you're listening to the podcast, um, hit Share whatever you need to do. Y'all know what y'all need to do to make this go out, right? If you hit subscribe, you'll get on your podcast. You'll get every time I load one, you'll get notified that there's a new one on there. Um, And the more people that subscribe, uh, the more that your podcast apps will go, hey, uh, person that's never listened to this, uh, there is this podcast, okay? Uh, it works like that. I know it's weird, but that's what happens. Um, and if you do that, thank you already, all right? Now, last week we spoke on the, uh, the Latin um, phrase, I'm sorry, sola Christus, getting a little lost. Uh, we le- learned about a little bit about the Protestant Reformation and uh, what was radically proclaimed by the Reformers. Sola Christus, the English uh, meaning of Christ alone. We talked about what that means. What is, what is Christ alone? And that is that Christ alone in His sacrifice of himself was the only adequate payment possible and nothing we or anyone else could do could ever pay the sufficient payment on the debt that we ourselves have earned by sinning only Christ and Christ alone no pope no priest no pastor and no not even Mary the mother of Christ like Many Catholics believe. And we know all of this through the scriptures, like First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. There is but one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. That is First Timothy 2, 5. Or Romans 3:23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we also know that that is all except for the God-man, Christ Jesus. This week, I want to talk to you about the means at which Christ's payment is then there applied to now the redeemed. And this was known by the Reformers as sola Gratia, 
or in English, simply grace alone. Now, us Christians, we tend to use this word grace uh, quite just wildly, right? We, we use, uh, wow, that was gracious. Uh, let's, let's say grace before we eat. Uh, wow, she did that gracefully. That's, it is a word wild, widely used. But the biblical um, definition, the Christian definition, would be more like this. Okay? The free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the giving of unearned blessings or to be short and sweet a gift that is given something not earned in many places we could replace the word grace with the word gift and in many places in your Bible it has done that and I will show you one here shortly um, so does that make sense? That grace just means gift. And gift is unmerited favor. Or grace is unmerited favor. Um, and if we say grace, usually we're speaking of a gift from God. So then, if you will, turn with me in your Bibles your your copies of God's breathed out word and we're going to go to Ephesians 2 and I'm going to read the first 10 verses Ephesians right after Galatians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 All right. It says, And you were dead. Don't you like that? You were dead. In your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived, according to the ways of the world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Are you ready? Verse 4, But God, I love that, who is rich in mercy because of His great love that He had for us, made us alive so you were dead and now he made you alive with Christ Jesus even though we were dead <laughs> in our trespasses so what did trespasses and sins do they make us dead now here we go you are saved by grace He also, verse 6, raised us up with Him and seated us with Him 
in the heavens, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming age he might display his immeasurable riches of his grace and his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Here you go. Verse 8, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time. God even prepared the works that we do beforehand. Christian, um, remember I said that the words grace and gift can, can be interchangeable, right? If you look at verse 8, right? For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Both grace and gift in verse 18 in the Greek are the exact same word. It could read very easily like this in any translation. It could say, for you are saved by grace. So what, what saved you? God's grace. God's gift. Okay? That's it. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's grace. So that no one can boast. It's all of God and none of me. See, but unfortunately, there are many different ideas on how we receive what Christ has done. Catholics would say, grace, yes, grace, it's good, grace. But, I may, I must do something to earn some extra favor by God. And that's, that's how, because I did something, now He's going to grace me. That's like your kids, right? We all know that you give your kids Christmas presents. And they did nothing for them. They didn't deserve what you gave them. No gift is given because you earned it. It's no longer a gift at that point. Catholics taught things that you could earn a little extra favor by God by climbing those stairs in the Vatican. Martin Luther said he climbed them stairs and he got to the top and felt no different. <laughs> and it just didn't make any sense. Or they used to teach that you could pay your loved one out of purgatory. 
Purgatory, show me that in Scripture. It's not there. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord, is what Paul says. So either you're saved or you're not. Either you have grace, which is given only by God, or you're suffering under His wrath in a place we call hell. To do anything would no longer make grace grace. Not even if it was grace plus. It's God gave you a gift because you did a little bit of this. That's not a gift. That's not grace. That's a wage. Everything that the Catholics believe about salvation contradicts the Scripture. Family, I love you. Read your Bibles. Don't listen to an interpretation or to a man that believes the Pope is supreme to God's Word or some tradition is supreme to God's Word. God's Word is God's Word, and it is sufficient. Now, to do anything to earn God's graces contradicts everything we just read in Ephesians. It, 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 so that no man may boast. The Bible says your, even your good deeds are like filthy, bloody rags. You know why? Because your good deeds without God aren't good deeds at all. They're selfish deeds. Because you're doing something to get something. That's it. Everything that grace is, is from God. And Catholics are not the only ones that do this. Every other religion out there other than Biblically based Christianity believes that you must do something to be saved. 
Islam says that if in, if God, you better pray that God's in a good mood that day. I mean, that's ludicrous. God is timeless and unchanging. Mormons, if you're good enough, one day you're going to be a god of your own planet. No. No, no, no. Nowhere in God's Word. Modern day evangelicals might say, I am saved because I have faith. As if your faith saves you. And that's contrary to the scripture we just read also. You are saved by grace through faith that not of yourself. So, after faith, what is the following statement? That not of yourselves. Even your faith is a grace, my friend. You were dead in your sins and trespasses before God took you and made you alive before He took your stony heart and made it soft flesh that He could mold how He so chose. But many Christians hold on. I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. So now God because of my faith, must save me. To which I say, can your faith pay the wages of your sin? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the grace of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, Romans 6.23. Or many of you might say, what about John 3.16? Right? What about John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What about that? Because are you thinking that it is an invitation that way? I will admit, many of us growing up, uh, going to things like uh, vacation Bible school, many of those ministers use that as an invitation. Saying, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. So come believe! 
Is that how it's used? Is that how the Scripture is used in context? And the answer is no. <laughs> it is a statement of fact, not an invitation. And you might say, why did they teach it that way? Because they misunderstood it. Because they were taught wrong. And they took somebody's word for it instead of opening the Bibles and reading the context themselves. Look at verse 18. In that same, same spot. Let, let, let's follow the context. Don't take my word for it. Take the Scripture's word for it. John 3.16 Here we go. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. This is verse 17 but to save the world through Him. Okay? This is Jesus speaking. Okay? It's all God speaking, but Jesus speaking. Excuse me. Verse 18. Anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Verse 18, does that sound like an invitation? No, the following context, anyone who believes in Him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son. See, the context presents a statement, not an invitation. Christ is stating a fact. I mean, go down to verse 19. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. These, these are statements. These are true statements. The light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by who? By God. It's all of God and none of me. All of that before sounded a whole lot like me 
before God graced me with grace. See, faith is the outpouring of grace. You have faith because God graced you with faith. Faith is the first fruit produced by grace. The scripture is so clear in the context that it was originally intended in, not in the ways that we use them out of context. Grace cannot be earned even by faith. Friends, it is, it is supremely clear by grace alone that you can be redeemed. It is all of Him and Christ alone and none of us. And as always, I'm going to close in a scripture that I believe says this just as thoroughly as, as I just did and probably made more sense than, will make more sense than I just did. But I, I, I hope this, this did you good. This to know that you are saved by grace is to know that it is all of God. That, friends, even when you sin, you can go to God. Because He's already gifted you with grace. You were going to sin. I remember being a very new Christian. And man, going through Scripture and finding out my disgustingness. Finding out how wretched I truly was before a holy, righteous God. And even thinking that I was so filthy that how dare me go before a holy, holy, holy God. And then I began to understand grace. Grace does not say that you can chase sin. But grace says that He has given you the payment due for your sin. That He has taken your sin, past, present, and future, and He has wiped it away. That He has thrown it as far as the east is from the west. He did it. It is His gift to you. 
And now my faith outpours because of His grace. Turn in your Bibles with me to Titus 3. Titus chapter 3. It's further towards the back of your Bible, uh, right after Timothy. 2 Timothy, Titus, there we go. Titus 3, verse 3. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved, by various passions and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hatefulness, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to His mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit, He poured out His Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we may be heirs with the hope of eternal life. Thank you, God. Let's close in prayer real quick and tell God thank you for what He has graced us with. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your grace to know that Your grace is sufficient to save. That You were so gracious to send Your Son to die for us. To pay the penalty due for the wages that I have earned. That is death. In a place away from Your glory in a place of Your wrath. Because I have sinned against You, God. And that is what is due to me. Lord, I pray that every word that I spoke was truly gospel-centered. And that you may use even a lowly sinner like me to so grace me with the privilege of proclaiming your word so that if at all possible one even one more sinner may find salvation in You. Lord, I praise You and I thank You.
In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, all right, friends. Thank you again for tuning in to another uh, weekly Bible study with me. Uh, I pray uh, that you do use this, that you use this to share the gospel yourselves. Um, hit the like, like I said before. Hit the share. If you're listening on the new podcast formats, um, hit subscribe so that not only you uh, get the next study, or that, but also that more people can view and listen to uh, these studies. Because I really seek for Christians to better understand the fundamentals. Because if we understand the fundamentals, if we take the most basic things, those being our, our um, pre-assumptions, all right, that we build off of that foundation, okay? That we take in Scripture and Scripture alone being the authority. All right, guys, God bless and goodbye.